We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who am I? I'm the greatest. Who am I? I'm so flagrant. All right, everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark and our special guest, Jalen Mills. Can we still call you the Green Goblin, or are we not allowed to call you Green Goblin anymore? No, I'm the Green Goblin, man. That's 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 in stone, man. So I'm the Green Goblin still. Nice. And I see you're still wearing some green and you have your green hair. Is that going to be permanent or not? Yeah, I actually um, once you know the 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 news broke that I was signing with New England. Um, Chris Long, uh, of course, you guys know he was in New England. And he came to Philly. He actually tweeted me and it was like, "Are you gonna be the Red Goblin now?" And I kind of tweeted him back and I said, "Nah, man." I said, "You know, Superman flies all around the world and his cape stays the same color." So uh, definitely, definitely uh, keeping the green hair. Well, I mean, that's pretty cool. To, I mean, why do you want to continue to wear green even though you're going to another team? Yeah, I think um, at this point, it's to the point to where um, there are, you know, Jalen Mills fans. There are Green Goblin fans out there to where I had people who were um, either writing in my comments or, or trying to reach out in DMs and different things like that and saying, you know, that they were Philly fans for however long, but they were also Jalen Mill Green Goblin fans. And, you know, now they're going to be cheering for me um, in New England and, and some even saying that they're going to convert over to, you know, Patriots fans now. So um, I think with that, you know, I have to show, you know, also that loyalty to to those fans who actually sit there and, and watch me play and come to watch me play. That's pretty cool because, you know, if you were coming to the Eagles for the first time and you said, well, I'm going to stick with that uh, blue and white hair from the Cowboys. <laughs> that wouldn't fly here, right? Yeah, of course, man, of course. Now, are you allowed to have color in your hair? Will Bill Belichick actually allow that? Yeah, so I, I talked to Bill. Uh, met with Bill yesterday. also met with uh, Mr. Kraft. You know, great guys, man, great guys. And, you know, they just tell me, you know, be myself, man. That's, that's why they brought me here. They know the type of player that I am. And they just want me to be myself. Now, I remember, I think two years ago, you had a good game against the Patriots yeah. and then, of course, faced the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Did, uh, did Bill Belichick ever talk to you pregame? I mean, what does this mean to you that, that he values you that much to bring, bring you in? Yeah. Um, no, I actually never had a conversation with him before. Um, the only guy actually from the Patriots that I did have a conversation with was um, Tom Brady. And you know Stephen Gilmore, uh, that that was it. Um, so as far as when 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 my agent made the call and said that you know that the the Patriots were interested, 
I was like, okay, wow. Uh, they came from a little left field, but I mean, I think also with that being said, it, it shows that, you know, Bill and, and, and the coaching staff here, they're actually watching the film. They actually, um, one of the things that he also told me was he loved my versatility that I showed this year. So they actually let me know that he's actually watching the film. He's not going off of, you know, hype players and different, different things like that. Like he's actually watching me play different positions. And, you know, you guys know their scheme. It, it fits it fits perfect for what I do and what they do. So actually last year going to safety and you played like, you know, five, six positions at some <laughs> point, kind of like Malcolm. Do you think yeah. that really helped you on the free agent market here? I definitely think it did, man. Um, I got to show my versatility. I got to show um, teams, of course, you know, uh, my team now with, with New England that I am a versatile guy. I, I can go out and cover and I can go to safety and be in a box and, and uh, fit the gaps. I can blitz off the edge. So um, I can play in the slot. So I definitely think that it showed that for sure and it helped. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Now, you know the Eagles situation. They were trying to get under the salary cap for the start yeah. of free agency. What, what was the communication like with them? Did they want to bring you back? Was there any chance they could, they could offer you anything? Yeah, I think I think they were trying to um, get it done, um, but it, ju it just ended up not working out. Um, and, you know, New England ended up being a, a, a perfect fit and a better fit for me at this point in my career. Are you sad to leave Philly? <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely um, a place to where I have a, an emotional connection to, um, just for the simple fact that you know, I made history there. You know, I was a part of history there. You know, winning the Super Bowl, bringing that to the city. Uh, man, all the crazy games that, that we played in up until that point and then even after. So um, definitely have an emotional connection to the city. Um, and, you know, it's always, I always love that city, man. That city, you know, gave me an opportunity. That organization gave me an opportunity to live out a dream that I had since I was 10, 11 years old. And so I couldn't say that I, that I that I don't have that connection to the city. And I got to tell you, this is a note from Ruben Frank uh, with NBC Sports Philadelphia. This is pretty cool. It says that over the last 40 years in Eagles history, you have started more games for the Eagles than any other seventh round draft pick. Yeah. And over the last 40 years, there's only two players that were drafted higher. They used to have more rounds, I guess, right? In the yeah, draft. Okay. okay. There were only two players who played more games that's Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons. So that's got to wow. be pretty cool. Well, I did not know that, man. Like I said, it's just me getting an opportunity, then literally going out there and, 
and giving the organization in that city, you know, everything I had, you know, you always hear about, you know, the city love guys who, who they come in, they work hard, they give, you know, the game each and every Sunday, everything that they got in, they're going to fall in love with you. That's all they're looking for. So that's literally what I based my, my style of play, the type of player that I am off of every, every week. Yeah. So you kind of molded your, your game off of the city of Philly and the Philly and the toughness. Of course, of course, man. You you know, man. You 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 you're there. You know that city, man. You gotta have tough skin. You know they're gonna let you know when when you're not playing to that standard, and when you are playing to that standard, man. They're gonna they're gonna give you everything that you got um, and everything that they got. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely something that I tried to define myself after. Now you really had a a close relationship with the fans of Philly because I've never seen somebody wear green hair and walk around town and represent the Eagles like that. So are you going to miss some of the, the interactions with the fans? Cause you know, you can't hide when you're in Philly, when you have green hair. Yeah, man, definitely, man. Uh, I used to see, uh, I remember one game. Um, I think we were playing, uh, I think it was Dallas. This was two years ago. Uh, we were playing Dallas and we were in, we were in Dallas. That was the game that I came back and it was like a, uh, a dude, he looked like he was probably like 60, 65. In Dallas now, he had like a, a Jalen Mills jersey on, but he had like a green wig mohawk on. And I'm just like, see, this is what it's all about. This is this is what it's all about right here. You got this fan base that there. He's in enemy territory, but he's repping hard. You know what I'm saying? So definitely going to miss that. You definitely started a trend. Uh yeah. Are you sure you're going to have your green hair for the duration of your time? I mean, what if the Patriots fans don't necessarily connect with that or, or like that vibe? Uh, I think I think so. Um, and I think also, you know, the the type of player that I am, the energy that I play with, I think it's it's uh it's, they're gonna they're gonna feel it, they're gonna see it, um, they're gonna see that, like I said, the type of player that I am, and I think it's gonna be accepted. Well, I think Philly is glad to hear that a part of Philly is going with you. A part of the Eagles green is going with you. Uh, do me a favor. Give me your top three favorite moments with the Eagles. And I'm going to guess a couple of them, but give me your top three. My top three. Um, I'll go from three to one. Okay, so number three would have to be um, – my play versus uh, Gronkowski in the Super Bowl on that first drive on the goal line, I think that was big because that was a drive to where we we stopped those guys um, from scoring on their first drive. Uh, my number two is hard. That's hard. I have property music under this. Yeah, this is hard, man. I wish you would have gave me four, four top four or something. Oh, like I'll that. give you four. Yes, I'll okay. give you. Four. Yeah. Okay, give me four. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Gronk was four, um, Super Bowl play. Um, number three would have to be um, my play versus versus Julio Jones um, in the in the division around in the playoffs. Uh, my number two would definitely have to be my pick six versus Sam. San Fran, that was crazy. And then my number one is, of course, winning the Super Bowl uh, in the city of, for the city of Philadelphia. Now, I can't argue with that, but I do remember the moment when you guys won the NFC title game and you're running around on the field with the dogs, <laughs> uh, with no angels. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely remember that. That was that was a great time too, man. So, um, yeah, that was that got us to that got us to the next level for sure. So, so take me through that play with Julio Jones because without that play, if Julio catches that touchdown pass, none of the other things happen. Philly yeah. doesn't have a Super Bowl. So, Matt Ryan, did you know the ball was coming over there? Of course, man. It's it's fourth down. The game was on the line. Um, I think during the fourth, I probably seen Julio. He probably lined up on my side maybe only a handful of times in the fourth quarter. Um, and then now we get to the last play, and he's running out of the huddle, and he comes to my side. So I'm thinking in my head, like, all right, like, here we go. Like, they're going to give it to their best player. Their best player is Julio Jones. He's lined up right in front of me. Um, and we had we had a great film study that whole week between me, Malcolm, and Rodney. Um, literally, as soon as they broke the huddle and, and Matt Ryan um, was about to call the play, you can literally see all of us, like, calling out the play. You know, we practiced it all week. Coach did a good job showing us that play. We practiced it all week. And, you know, Matt Ryan said, Hud, and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, that's your second year in the NFL, right? So yeah. without that play happening, the NFC title game Super Bowl doesn't happen. So when you first realized that the ball flew over his head or through his hands, whatever, tell me about like your first moment of realizing that and you see the crowd erupt. What's that like? It was so loud. Um, I just knew the ball, of course, and I'm looking up, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, Put my put my hand in his eyes or through his hands. You know they teach that. You know so he can't see the ball. Um, I knew the ball was incomplete. You hear the crowd erupt, and I literally I think I just ran from the end zone all the way to probably the opposite like thirty or twenty yard line. With my my hands out, my tongue was out. I was so excited. You know that I got that opportunity to make that play to help my team get that much closer to the Super Bowl. Man, that was probably. One of the best feelings ever. That's why it's definitely in my my top my top four for sure. Yeah, I thought it might be number two or number one or something just because it was the moment that led to everything else. But I'm not going to argue yeah. with your top four. Yeah, of course, of course. So in the Super Bowl, tell me the story about the pain you were in. You talked about Rob Gronkowski and you played through injury in that yeah. Super Bowl. You wound up needing surgery. How yeah. painful was it? And was there anything that could take you out of that game? Yeah. So, um, yeah, people don't even actually know. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, it was it was on a – I want to say it might have been a third and short or it might have been a, it might have been a fourth down play. It was, was fourth on, down. It was fourth down. Yeah, it was, on, it was fourth down. I was on Gronkowski. Um, he ran the go route on me, and I stopped him from, from um, catching it, and I literally landed on my thumb, and I broke my thumb in the game, like literally broke my thumb to where if I was to flex my hand like this, then my bone was literally coming out of place and going back in place. I, I, I celebrated a little bit and I could feel my hand. I was like, okay, my hand's messed up. My hand's messed up. I, I run straight to the tunnel. Everybody's trying to high five me. I run straight to the tunnel. The doctor's like, yeah, like you broke your thumb. Like what, like you were gonna go to the back, you know, get x-rays. I'm like, listen, I'm not going anywhere. Take my thumb up. 
I'm here to win this game. I'm 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 on this team. I'm I'm started for a reason to help us win this game. Take my thumb up. We'll handle everything after the game. And just throughout that game, you know, I was just so excited to be there. I never won a serious championship ever from Little League. And I was just like, I wasn't going to let this moment pass upon me. That's what I kept telling myself. I don't care what I'm going through, how much pain I'm going through. I'm not going to let this moment pass upon me. I'm not going to fail my teammates. I'm not going to fail this organization or this city. Like, I'm here to play. And, you know, that's that's what happened. Putting your body on the line. And, and so give me an idea of when maybe the euphoria – wears off of the game and then winning the Super Bowl, when does the pain really start to set in again? It was literally probably once we got in the locker room, got in the locker room. Of course, everybody's excited, this and that. Um, and it was kind of a picture that actually went viral um, with me and Coach Doug. Coach Doug came over and I was in my locker. I had my head down and I was just feeling my hand. My hand felt like it was on fire. It felt like somebody lit it with gasoline and put a match to it. And he literally came over and was like, you okay, we did it. And I was just like, yeah, Coach, happy we did it. I'm excited we did it. My hand is killing me right now. He was like, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? You did it. We'll get it fixed up, get it wrapped up or whatever. So it was like literally right after the game, after the adrenaline wore off and I'm in a locker room, like it was on fire, bro. And then yeah. surgery. And then surgery. Surgery was literally the next day. And then we had the, we had the parade a couple of days after. So nothing was going to stop you from being in at that, at that parade. You see me in the parade. I got the, I had to put an oversized jacket on. I got, I got the cast coming. No, I had a, actually I had a splint on and I'm so, I was so like happy that we won the fans were throwing us beers and everything, high-fiving us, we jumped off the bus. I'm so crazy that I literally shook, threw my hand out to a fan and tried to high-five me, slapped my hand so hard to where I had to, like, I grabbed my hand, I was like, I got to get back on the bus, like, I'm done with this. Five minutes later, I'm back out, back outside the bus doing the electric side and stuff, but, yeah, I was, I was nothing would stop me from enjoying that. So were you in pain during the parade then? Definitely was in pain, definitely was in pain, for sure, yes. Yes. Well, you, you didn't have any of Chris Long's uh, special cocktail to numb the pain? Um, I didn't. Uh, thinking back now, I probably should have or, or whatever uh, that guy was on. That, that definitely probably would have helped a little bit for sure. Or Jason Kelsey crowd surfing? Man, Jason, I seen that. We, we was off the bus. I just so happened to look to my right and I see this guy literally in the crowd and they're carrying this 300 pound man like he was a feather like that was that was a great moment man did any of you know what was gonna go on with his speech that it was gonna be that epic no like he's gonna go down in history from sport I'm not even talking Philadelphia history of course he's gonna do that but as far as sports speeches in history he's he's down forever man Kelsey's a legend to me man for sure yeah, he's right there with Chase Sutley, if you know the Chase Sutley Philly speech. but Yeah, 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 I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so how weird is it, how crazy is it that you are reunited with Nelson Aguilar, uh, your former Super Bowl teammate, and now you're on the Patriots three years after beating them in that Super Bowl? Um, I would say it's too weird because at the end of the day, um, I can't – I really can't get caught up into all of that. Like um, – like I said, I, I I won a Super Bowl in, in Philly. You know, now my team is, you know, New England. And um, it's a standard here. It was a standard that's been set a long time ago. And, and 
um, we have to get back to that. So now the main focus is helping them get back to it. Now, when you when you met with Bill or talked with him, did did you did you bring up that we had to get one, keep one from you? Like, was there any, uh, you know, uh, busting some chops back and forth? No, nah, I'm not busting no chops around here. Uh, it's like <laughs> I said, at this point, uh, the focus is the focus. If he ever brings it up, then I'll talk to him about it. But I don't think I, I think I don't think I'll bring it up to him. <laughs> because, I mean, you said you've talked to Tom Brady. I don't know if it was at the Super Bowl, but that that really like that stuck with Tom Brady and I'm sure Bill Belichick for a while that they didn't win that one. Yeah, of course, man. Um, I, it wasn't actually after the Super Bowls when we played him two years ago. I talked to him. He was like, great game, man. Um, you're a great player. You had a good game today. Um, and that was enough for me, you know, coming from him. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a standard, you know, it's a standard here of, you know, if they could win, the next seven Super Bowls, you know, that's that's what that's the goal um, every year. That's and that should be for every team. So, of course, you know, they probably probably still pissed about that. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <laughs> and we love to hear that in Philly. Uh, let me ask you about the Eagles last year. Um, obviously, just a really disappointing season. Are you really stunned when you look back at the Super Bowl and everything three years later that this all happened with the Eagles, a bad season. Doug is gone. Carson's gone. Yeah, it's um, it was it was honestly with me until we because I'm not a guy who like looks at records and, and you know, looks at how much time is left on the clock. Um, I know the situations in a down the distances and different things like that, but I literally did not know our record like our full record. Of course, I knew we were losing games. I was in the games. But I did not know our full record until we lost to the Cowboys. And they were like, we're out of the playoffs. Then I got to the point to where I was like, okay, what's our record now? We lost. We, we really lost that many games. We really only won this many games. Because I was to the point to where it's okay, we lost a game here. We lost a game there. Okay, we lost a game. We still have a chance. So I'm playing every game for the playoffs, every game for the playoffs. Like, that's all I care about. You get in the playoffs, I don't care what your record is. Everybody's record is 0-0 zero, zero when you get in the playoffs. It's you lose, you out, you win, you advance, right? So as far as that goes, from year two into year five, in between that stint, we were technically always in the playoffs, right? So it definitely was, it definitely was different for me. Um, and then when you're talking about, you know, the situation with Doug, um, I mean, that guy, man, he was he was always awesome to me. Um, players coach had times to where I, I remember guys on the team late in the season. Um, we were supposed to practice on a Wednesday and, you know, guys are beat up or they're tired or whatever it may be. I'm not even talking this past season, like seasons before uh, and 
we have the the player council, the player leaders on the team, and they'll literally go to him like, "Hey, guys are tired, this and that." He'll be like, "Okay, well, we're gonna do a walkthrough on Wednesday." You know, you've seen it. We're gonna do a walkthrough on Wednesday today. You know, help you guys recover, telling guys get in the training room, get in the tubs, get sleep, get this and that. So you can't do nothing but respect the guy who who does that type of stuff, who take care of his players for sure. Yeah, and and, and so he was let go, and then Howie Roseman said publicly that Carson Wentz's representative said we think it's best for a fresh start. Um, yeah. what, does anything disappoint you about that, that whole situation and how it ended up? Um, I mean, I, I came in with Carson, you know, um, when, when you talk about a guy and it was, it wasn't even Pennsylvania anymore. It was Pennsylvania, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's just, um, how much love that guy got. Um, but when you're talking about a fresh start, I mean, sometimes people need fresh start, you know, regardless of whatever the situation might be good, bad, or indifferent. And, um, you know, if 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 he came to that decision, you know, like I said, maybe maybe he needed that. Maybe he needed a a, a new place in in a fresh start, and you know, to continue his 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 great career. You know, Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long recently said that there were a couple of things with Carson in the locker room that they wish maybe he could reach out to everybody or be more open with everybody in the locker room. And there yeah. were a couple of articles that came out about Carson. Um, yeah. What is your perspective on that with Carson and his relationship with everybody and, and dealing with everybody on the team? Yeah. Um, me coming into uh, the league and the team that I was on, a lot of veteran guys, a lot of veteran guys compared to now on my year five, we were, we were a lot younger and we had a lot of guys um, throughout those years who veteran guys who spoke up about different things, whether it was, on the field things, whether it was just talking to the team, whether it was off the field situations. And I, I could say one thing um, about Carson, um, he wasn't he wasn't one of those vocal guys. I think he was a guy who just wanted to come in, work hard and, and you know, do his job. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You have guys who are successful in the league and guys who are well respected by doing that. So, I mean, as far as that goes, that was my perspective on him. Just a guy who wanted to come in, work hard and, and play good on Sundays, you know, not everybody's vocal, you know, so that's just my perspective. And then Jalen Hurts came in. Uh, do yeah. you think that his leadership style will really work with the Eagles locker room and the way he carries himself and handles himself? I think so. I mean, that guy, he, you know, he, he's a guy who, who came from Alabama where he was, you know, the starting quarterback at a very young age around a, a lot of star players, you know, in high school, you know, Alabama, they recruit nothing but five stars, you know, for him to go in there and win a national championship, um, then transfer and, and, and go to Oklahoma and then get to the playoffs and demand those guys respect from both teams with high caliber players. I think that shows you the type of leadership that he has. Jaden's also a guy who comes in and works hard. You know, he's, he's also a little bit younger, so he might be a little bit more talkative. So I think definitely with him, um, they got a great leader over there. You know, I respect him a lot, even that, even him coming in being a rookie, you know, just seeing his work ethic. I think, I think that's the biggest thing that he can continue to show. It show the young guys, even him still being a young guy, even, and the older guys that he's still there to work hard and, and have the, his best intentions for the team. And, and you practiced against him a lot. I mean, do you think his throwing ability is improving? Obviously, we know how dangerous he is with his legs, but is his yeah. passing ability improving? Yeah, of course, man. Um, one thing 
that I that I did tell him is I said, listen, when he, one of the first days we were at practice, I said, listen, we all know you can run. We all know that. But I know being coming from LSU, Alabama, um, was in a pro-style offense. And any quarterback that's in a pro-style offense, that means you can make every throw. You only have two receivers split wide, maybe three. Um, that's the match. You know, it wasn't, they wasn't big spread team back then. You know, they were heavy on the running backs and the tight ends, this and that. Um, so if you're a pro, if you're coming from a pro style offense, that lets me know that you can make all the throws. So yeah, I, I definitely think that he that he's gonna be really good as far as throwing the ball as well as running. All right, a couple things to wrap this up with you. Uh your pregame speeches were pretty epic. Yeah. So I see, I think you're in a hotel room right now. I gotta ask yeah. you, because they were pretty good. So did you practice those speeches in your hotel room or somewhere to get those down? No, actually, I didn't. I think it was more of a thing um, going through pregame, listening to music. I might say, I might tell myself, okay, what do I want our motivation to be today? Okay, we could have been, we didn't have the best game last week. Um, and I'm say, okay. They're talking the noise about us this week or last week or whatever it may be. That's that's how I would tell myself I'm going to start my speech. And then everything after that, it comes out. I'm just speaking from the heart, man, because you know, just like I know, just like everybody else knows, if somebody is to give you a, a, an emotional speech, you can tell if it's rehearsed. You can tell if they practice it and they're messing up and they're trying to go back over their words and catch back up with what they're saying. And I just think me personally, when I hear stuff like that, the 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 level of energy or or the respect of the speech you can you can tell and I and I just I I kind of waver off from those type of things so I always said if I do give a speech I want to speak from the heart I want these guys to let let these guys know that I am passionate about what's going on that I am passionate about being in this group and I am passionate about making plays for this team and, and for the secondary so those are definitely um, straight from the chest for sure. Nice. How about your uh, your mom? Um, I know that she uh, she would break down your film a lot, right? She would watch. She'd be in the stands a lot. She would record the games, and then you would have a film session. Yeah. Did some of these film sessions after games go into the middle of the night with your mom? Um, I wouldn't say to the middle of the night, but she definitely, and it would be plays to where I might not even get the ball thrown to my side. I might not even have missed the tap. Mr. Tackle or, or made a play, you know, it could, it could be something simple as I was just picking a receiver and, you know, um, she seen that I tripped or she seen that, you know, he may have, you know, got me on a route and they didn't throw the ball and she'll have it on her phone and she would like, get it. You see, they could have, you had that guy open on that one play or here, like you had a good game, but on that one play, like they could have got you on here and there. And I, I would get a little frustrated a little bit, but at the end of the day, that is my mom. She does want to see me do good and be great. So definitely conversation that was had, but then I would have to like waver off a little bit on some of those conversations because I'm like, mom, you're not a coach. You know, I know you know a little football, but uh, that's my coach's job, so. That's great. Well, hey, uh, listen, I mean, congratulations on your contract. Um, I think Thank I read you. When you were growing up um, with your mom and your brother. You, you maybe hopped around from apartment to apartment, house to house yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, this is an incredible, um, thing in your life, this yeah. contract that you got, uh, congrats to you. Thank and, you so much. And we'll miss you here in Philly. 
Yeah, of course, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, Philly will always have, always have a special place in my heart, man, for sure. Nice. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep watching the Green Goblin. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you so much, man. Thanks a lot, Jalen. Good luck. Yeah. All right, bro. Who am I? I'm the greatest. Who am I? I'm so flagrant. Who am I? I'm the greatest. Who am I? I'm so flagrant.